Hey Crosspoint family, uh, just want to come to you right now and talk to you about the uncertain times that we are living in. Uh, I know that there is a lot of fear out there right now. There's definitely a lot of uncertainty and people are scared. Uh, but I want to remind you something that I said earlier in this process, and that's that we serve a big, big God who is in control. In these next few weeks, we are going to experience church in a really different way. Uh, but I'm going to challenge you to still be engaged and to still participate uh, in church. And as a reminder, the building is not the church, the people are. And so while we are all in our different homes and we're by ourselves, uh, I pray that you will still uh, focus on worshiping and still focus on the message that hopefully God has delivered to give you peace and to give you joy, but also to strengthen you and help you to learn. In my life, some of the most powerful moments of worship that I've ever had, some of the most powerful moments of learning that I have ever had are when I was in seclusion all by myself, when no one else was there to uh, talk to me about what I was reading or learning about, and no one else was there to hear me sing. In your homes, my prayer for you is that you will dive into the Bible, that you will dive into the Word, that you will meditate on what's being said, and that you will sing like no one is watching. We love you. We want you to know that we're thinking about you and praying for you. And if there's anything that we as a church can do for you, we want you to get in contact with us. I'm going to give you my phone number again. I've done that a few times, but just in case you don't have it, that's 417-300-2765. If you have any needs during this time, you're short on food, you're short on cash, uh, things just aren't going well for you and you are not finding a way to survive on your own, we want you to know that one, that that's okay, and two, that we are here for you. Get with me on those issues. Get with me on those areas that you need help with. And we will do everything we can as a church to help you out. Again, I want to tell you that I love you. Uh, Jake is bringing the word today uh, about parenting. We're going to be finishing up our marriage series. And today's sermon is kind of titled, What About the Kids? And so uh, Jake is one of those fathers out there that I look to um, and look up to uh, a lot because I see the way that he deals with Ava on a regular basis. And in a lot of ways, he is everything I'm not. Um, and so I thought, uh, one, that he would be a good person to, to deliver this message. And uh, two, that he would be able to give you a different perspective on just what we're looking at here than what we've had throughout this sermon series. So stay tuned. We're excited for you to hear this and excited for you to grow in this message. Again, we love you. We're praying for you. Stay safe. All right. Well, again, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, we're going to run through a couple songs, and um, we just encourage you to sing with us. I know it's super weird to uh, sing in your living room, especially amongst your family members, and um, you know, I'm sure there's maybe some awkwardness in doing that, um, but we encourage you to just to sing out. Just close your eyes and just get into the worship with us this morning, and um, and just we'll just praise God together. There should be a link in the comments or the chat, depending on what service you're watching this on, and uh, we encourage you to click on that link. All the lyrics will be there for you so that you know um, all the words, and you can sing along with us. So um, let's sing a couple songs uh, together before we get into the message.
When darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love Shame no longer has a place to hide I am not a captive to the lies I'm not afraid to leave my past behind I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. This power that can break off every chain. This power that can empty out a grave This resurrection power that can save There's power in your name Power in your name My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your of the goodness of God. 
Faithful to us and being so good. 
we can always depend on you no matter what uh, is happening in the world, whatever um, fears are amongst us um, in the world that we live in today. Uh, we know that you are good and that uh, we can trust every word uh, that comes from your lips. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we are um, depending upon you um, during this time. As we dive into your word now and look at uh, what you have for us today, challenge us, God. Help us to be um, more mindful uh, parents uh, to raise our children the way that they should go. Um, and so, Lord, as Jake speaks to us, Lord, just uh, help us to get into your word and let it speak um, directly to our hearts. In your name I pray. Amen. Hello, everyone. I am Jake Wilburn. I am an elder on the leadership team here at Crosspoint Fellowship. And in today's message, we are going to continue our series by talking about our relationships with our children. And I want to do that by starting off with a simple question. How do you define successful parenting? Proverbs 22.6 says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. But what does that mean exactly? What is the right path? What does directing them actually entail? There is no one-size-fits-all instructions for parenting. And aside from obvious abuse, what separates what one would call a good parent from a bad parent isn't always easy to define. Growing up, I had a friend of mine named Kevin Lee. Kevin was my source for comic books and Sega games. Now, Kevin was a give-you-the-shirt-off-of-his-back kind of guy, and he was an outstanding student. But one thing that was non-negotiable is that Kevin always had to have his homework done before we could hang out. You see, Kevin's parents immigrated here from communist China and his father had become a physician. They had very high expectations for their son and they did not want Kevin to squander the opportunity that America had given them. One semester, Kevin got his first and only B+. It would mean that he would have to settle for salutatorian instead of valedictorian. I can remember the expression on his face as we left school that day. He was mortified that he was going to have to tell his parents that he was no longer a straight A student. There was going to be consequences for Kevin, and I didn't get to hang out with him much for a while after that. But I also had a friend named John. Now, I don't think that I ever saw John's mom more than once or twice the father was out of the picture, and John's mom had to work at least two jobs to put meat uh, and food on the table for John and his brother. So this left John to fend for himself most of the time. It was at John's house that I saw my first adult magazine, that I was introduced to the Beastie Boys for the first time, and where we snuck out at night to egg our school. <laughs> The police officer that picked me up out after curfew was not very amused. And it was the last time that I saw John for a while after that. 
Now, we may have some critical judgments about either or both of these examples. It is easy to look at the circumstances and the priorities of other families compared to our own and form our own opinions that the way we are doing it is the right way or at least somewhere close. But let's bring this just a little bit closer to home. Almost every adult listening to this has some kind of significant issue with at least one of their parents that they can look back on and identify as something that has negatively impacted them into their adulthood. Also, many of us can think of parents in our peer group who have parenting styles that we disagree with. So now if our own parents could have made some parenting missteps and your peers might be making some parenting missteps, shouldn't we then at least be a little open to self-examining our own parenting principles? So let's look at the earliest example of parenting in the Bible, and by that I mean the world's very first parents, Adam and Eve. We begin in Genesis 4. Now Adam knew his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. But I want to stop here for a second. So Eve names Cain, Cain, or Cana, which means I have brought forth, or look what I have created. Some scholars attribute this as a subtle sign of arrogance, only acknowledging that God helped Notice the absence of any reference of her child belonging to God or being directly created by God. And actually, it's not until years later, after, after the birth of their third son, Seth, that anyone actually starts worshiping God by name. So let's continue. She later gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now I'm going to stop here because honestly, most of you know how this story ends. Cain kills his brother. And I want to shift your attention away from the brothers and back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve passed on to Cain their tendency to ignore God's wisdom and lean on their own understanding. They passed on the sinfulness of pridefulness and looking inward for advice. There was literally no one else on earth at this point for Cain to learn that from. 
Just as God told Adam and Eve in the garden not to eat the fruit, God told Cain what he must do for his offering to be accepted. But instead, God was ignored in favor of sin. Are we, here in 2020, still stumbling through some of the same errors made by the world's first parents? Are we still passing on this self-centered perspective to our children? I want to share three things that you can do differently than Adam and Eve did in Cain's story. Number one, parents, teach your children to follow God's wisdom. Your children are not your own, they are God's. Don't be like Eve and say to God, look what I have created. King Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived, got his wisdom because he asked for it in the context of a relationship with God passed down from his father. So I'm going to read from 1 Kings chapter 3. And Solomon replied to, to the Lord, You showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours." The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you have asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. Now notice how much Solomon knows about his father's relationship with God. He knew his father seeking God and it gave him a humility before God. David was not perfect, of course, but there is no doubt Solomon witnessed his father seeking God. It is hard to believe, but God loves your children more than you do. So model a life of humility and surrender by seeking God first in everything and not leaning on your own understanding. Your kids will benefit by seeing you in prayer, watching you seeking God's direction, and trust me, kids see and hear everything. Number two, parents seek the wisdom of others. Adam and Eve did not have anyone else to ask, but you do. Why is it that when we see aspects of the way our peers are parenting that make us look twice, why are we not supposed to say anything? Why is it mostly off limits to openly discuss things like discipline? I would like to see people more open to giving and receiving advice on parenting instead of trying to wing it on their own. 
Proverbs 11.14 says, Where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Proverbs 12.15 says, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Now keep in mind, of course, that every kid is different, so the way another parent does things might not work for you, and these conversations certainly need a gentle tone with a trustworthy Christ-following person. But you are only doing yourself a disservice if you shut yourself off to the idea that there may be a better way than your way. Number three, parents, be willing to discuss your relationship with your adult children and have healthy and open communication with them. The Bible says in Colossians 3, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Now, we don't know if Cain reached out to his mother while he was struggling with God and his brother Abel. I'm just guessing, but maybe there might have been an opportunity for his parents to walk him through this if he would have felt comfortable talking to them. Maybe that's a stretch, but who knows? What I do know is that it saddens me how many people past their 30s and beyond still struggle with ongoing hurts from their parents, but find it impossible to have a productive conversation about it. Why? Life is too short for this sort of thing. So I would encourage parents of adult children to be proactive and ask what you can do to improve the relationship and be wide open to whatever the answer may be. So I will ask again, how do you define successful parenting? In reality, there is no one-size-fits-all answer. There is no instruction manual. Things like working multiple jobs or pressure for kids to get good grades or a whole host of other lifestyle decisions or prioritization of values differ from family to family. But I can say with certainty that in a Christian household, parenting that pleases God consists of seeking his wisdom in all things through daily prayer, including praying for and with your kids. You cannot just tell them. You must model it. As many of you have been home with your kids and may continue to be for several more weeks, I will end with these verses of encouragement from Psalm 127 that may help you just a little bit find your center as this quarantine continues and nerves may be running a little raw. This is from Psalm 127, verses three through five. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Thank you for joining us this morning and God bless.
Again and again. 
Amen. He is a good father, one that we can depend on. Our Heavenly Father is not like um, any earthly father or earthly mother. He um, is someone we can run to again and again without fail. Um, we're going to sing one more song this morning before we um, go ahead and sign off. Um, it's a song that I felt compelled for us to sing as, as there's been a lot of uh, fear in the world um, these days. Um, we just need to be reminded that we have no reason to be afraid, um, that God is with us. Um, he's a still inside the storm. And though there may be a storm raging all around you right now, maybe in your family as well, um, we can trust in the, the God that has uh, everything under control. He sees the future. He knows how this is all going to end, um, even though we don't know how it's going to end. He does. Um, so let's finish uh, by singing Not Afraid together. confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God the still inside the storm the promise of the shore trust him I trust the power of your word enough to seek your kingdom first Beyond the barren place, beyond the ocean waves. When I walk through the waters, I won't be overcome. When I go through the rivers, I will not be drowned. My God will make a way, so I am not afraid. promise keeper you keep the promises you make there isn't one that is delayed so I will not lose heart here I will lift my arms and start to sing into the night my praise will call the sun to rise declare the battle won declare that it is done when I walk through the waters I won't be overcome when I go through the rivers I will not be drowned my God will make a way so I am not afraid when I am in the fire, I will not feel the flame. I'll stand before the giants, declaring victory. My God will make a way, so I am not afraid. Before me, behind me, always beside me, no shadow, no valley, no where you won't find me no i am not afraid before me behind me always beside me no shadow no valley where you won't find me no i 
I won't be overcome when I go through the rivers. I will not be drowned, but God will make a way. So I'm not afraid when I am in the fire. I will not feel the flame. I'll stand before the giants, declaring victory. My God will make a way, so I am not afraid. No, I am not afraid. No, I am not afraid. Before we hear from Paul to finish us out this morning, just want to give you the challenge. Get in your word every day. Pray every day. Um, we know that God's word says us that where fear is, perfect love will cast it out. And so um, if you find yourself um, in depression, in, in fear, just having those moments of um, darkness in the soul, I, I just encourage you just to hear from God. Um, know that he has it in control uh, and that he will be with us even in the midst of the fire. Um, we'll turn it over to Paul and then uh, see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, I hope you were as blessed by that message as I was. Uh, I want to mention a few things before we pray and disembark from today. Uh, first and foremost, we have a James study that we were doing uh, as a church. Um, and we're going to move um, in the direction that we're going to continue to work through that study in the upcoming weeks. It's going to shift a little bit for all of us. Um, though some of you were doing it individually already, uh, but that's going to kind of be how we're all going to move forward. We're all going to be working through the study individually. I'll do a better job of posting some conversation uh, and questions online so that we can hopefully converse through this. But I think it's a good way for us to stay regimented, to stay connected to one another, but also to stay connected to the Word. So as we continue uh, in these upcoming weeks, work through that study this last week. You should have been uh, in week three, and then upcoming will be in week four. So continue to work through that book, discuss it with uh, family and friends, uh, but do so from a safe distance. We want you to know again that we love you. I'm going to pray for us, and then we will go about our Sunday. Lord, we come to you right now. We thank you so much uh, for this day. God, we thank you for the understanding that church isn't just about being inside of four walls together, but that the church is the people, and we are what make up church, and we can worship you no matter where we're at. Help this to be a good reminder of the fact that we can have church anywhere at any time, as long as we are able to just focus on you. God, help us to um, take the message that we heard today and apply it to our lives, to love our children, to guide them, and direct them in the ways that they should go. At the end of the day, God, we're in a really uncertain time right now, and we just pray for your peace. We pray, God, that you help us to be gracious to one another. Um, we hope that you help us to, to serve you in this time, and to, God, love people like you would love them uh, through this pandemic. At the end of the day, you are a big, big God who is in control. You love us. You want what's best for us. And at the end of the day, Again, God, we know that the victory is yours. And so, Lord, help us to rest in that fact, knowing that you are in control, knowing that our victory is won, regardless of the outcome. We have hope for a bright, bright future. 
We love you so much. We thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, we pray for all these things. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week.